Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN2. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I'm Amber Wilson. He's Harry Douglas. We are taking you up until 10 o'clock Eastern, filling in for the guys. Happy July 4th, America. You can give us a call. Join the conversation on this holiday. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. And Harry, we have been talking a lot about Kevin Durant, potential destinations. Every single team in the NBA, even that team that just won a championship, should be interested in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. I would imagine the Brooklyn Nets are fielding a multitude of calls across (laughs) every team, seeing what every single one of them might be interested in giving up in exchange for him. We know the asking price, of course, for a player of KD's caliber is going to be extraordinarily high. And frankly, we've never really seen this before with a guy of this caliber available with four years left on his deal. I mean, this never happens because he had just signed a new deal with Brooklyn last year. And so we find ourselves in uncharted territory, but we also find ourselves looking at destinations far beyond just the two-team list that KD actually gave us. We know that Kevin Durant apparently wants to either go to the Phoenix Suns or my Miami Heat. Ooh. However, Ooh. let's talk about some of these other options. I'm going to get to those potential trade destinations as well. We've talked about a lot of the Warriors. If you miss any of that, if you miss the first hour of the show, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. We talked about the Warriors' potential. Why would they be interested coming off of an NBA title? But we just had a caller in the last segment that mentioned KD's always been chasing LeBron. LeBron James. What if KD actually teamed up with LeBron James? Let's get crazy here, Harry Whoa. Douglas. But Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook going to the Nets, the money actually works. Would the Nets be interested? It's Anthony Davis. Yes, there's durability issues there. But it's Anthony Davis if he is out there, if he is available, if he is, if he can stay healthy to you. No, they're probably not particularly interested in Russ. You just take that contract back to make the money work. It expires. You get rid of it after a year, right? He's on the final yep. year of his deal. And then you have Kevin Durant in Los Angeles with LeBron James. Do you see this possible I, at all? I, I can't see it. <laughs> I just can't. I can't see it, especially when you look at Kevin Durant and you look at those championship series that he played against LeBron James and coming down. And I was at that NBA Finals and uh, and transition and KD pulling up that three point in LeBron's face and basically being the dagger and sending them home. The Cleveland Cavaliers at the time when LeBron was playing with them. Uh, I, I just don't see this happening. I don't think it would be good for the NBA either if LeBron James and Kevin Durant were on the same team. And especially really? you look at two you look at two guys though where you say, okay, this guy, LeBron James, was the best player in the league for a very, very long time. Kevin Durant, um, I think he held that title for a year or two. Um, I think it's Giannis now. I think KD is number two currently at the moment. But I just don't see this happening in L.A. with those two guys being on the same team. I don't ever see that happening, those two guys being on the same team. I think it would be good for the NBA because it would just be so wild to watch. And, of course, we're talking about (laughs) the Lakers. We're talking about 
Kevin Durant and LeBron. I mean, they have been chasing each other their whole entire career. You know, who's mm-hmm. better? Whose league is it right now? It would be crazy to see those guys team up. I don't think there's any chance in heck that I'm Kevin Durant ha- well, has any interest <laughs> in, in sharing a floor with LeBron James like nope. that, right? Like they're competitors. I don't see them all of a sudden teaming up. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily see him wanting to team up with the Warriors either. And we're having these conversations about, you know, would could he go back to the Warriors? The Warriors are particular. Are apparently reportedly interested. Mark J. Spears told us that the Warriors are interested in acquiring KD. Everybody's interested in acquiring KD. I'm sure the Lakers are also interested in acquiring KD. But if I'm KD, I'm not going back to the Warriors because of the narrative surrounding my time there that, hey, I went to a team that had won 72 and it doesn't really count and I joined a winner. I think if he goes and joins up with LeBron James, I don't know what the narrative is there, right? Because LeBron's older now. I mean, we're talking late 30s for LeBron. That would really be Katie's see that narrative would be terrible to me I think that that narrative joining LeBron would be be worse than it would be the him going back to Golden State because LeBron didn't even make the playoffs this last season so it's not the same as joining the team that just won the championship but that's uh, I understand that but you compare LeBron you have a lot of people talking about LeBron and Jordan in the same sentence as being the GOAT and the greatest of all time me personally I think that's Michael Jordan but why would KD want to go pair it with a guy that a lot of people are considering and comparing to Michael Jordan I, I definitely don't see that happening well, and if don't. I'm LeBron, I don't want KD joining my team and outplaying me, right? I mean, not <laughs> Kevin Durant. Like, it's one thing if the dude in his 20s does it that I'm like, you know, the next generation, I'm handing over the keys to the kingdom. It's another yeah. thing if it's the dude who's been playing alongside of me most of the years mm-hmm. of my career and jockeying with me in terms of who's the best player in the NBA. So I don't see that one happening, but man, would it be wild. Another <laughs> one that I think would be wild, but for totally different reasons, because this is a young, fun team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Walk down this path with me. They've got assets, so they could do it. They've got multiple first-round picks that they could trade. Presumably, that's probably what the Nets would want. Plus, they've got some pieces that they could give away, too, like Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. You could trade Mm -hmm. away some of these young pieces and not totally decimate your team. What do you think about that, KD and Ja? Let's go, I, Memphis. I actually like that. and um, They will probably be the favorites in the West. If not the favorites, I think they will be second. Uh, Kevin Durant pairing up with a, a Ja Morant, that will be scary as hell. You look at the athleticism of Ja Morant. He was must-see TV this year in the NBA. Um, he's getting that max deal as well. Pairing him up with, 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 with the easy money sniper, the slim reaper, that will be dangerous, not in just the Western Conference, but the NBA in totality. When you look at the Memphis Grizzlies and what they've been able to do this year and how they improved and having the second-best record in the Western Conference, it may have been the second-best record in, in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. But we've seen how they emerged. John Morant got hurt in the playoff series against the Golden State Warriors. There are a lot of question marks. If he didn't get hurt, what the Golden State Warriors would have uh, advanced, I still believe they would have just because of their history and their experience. But you add a Kevin Durant to a John Moran and a Memphis Grizzly, that is dangerous. And he has not played with an explosive point guard like that. No. Going back, I mean, OKC, I guess, would be really well, the Russell last Wilson. time. I mean, like Russ, me, Russell Russ, Russell height Westbrook. of Russ. Yeah. yeah, but that was back then. That was back in those days. But, but let me Man, say this. Would it be- he hasn't played with a point guard that's in control, under control. Mm-hmm. Like and Jaws Moran. more under control, than, arguably, <laughs> yes. than even Westbrook was yes, back is. then. Let's go out to the call-in line. You can give us a call, 888 888-729-3776. Cam is in Louisiana. Cam, where do you have KD going? Uh, Katie's going to Dallas. 
Okay. Joining up with Luca. I mean, Dallas is in desperate need of Kevin Durant. The problem is putting together a deal that brings Kevin Durant to Dallas. And that seems to be the issue there with the Mavs, Harry. Uh, uh, it, it wouldn't be bad. Um, it's just what what is Dallas able to give to the Brooklyn Nets to make exactly. the Brooklyn Nets feel comfortable with making that deal? Him being paired up with Luca, two guys who have that dog mentality and two guys who who, who aren't going to take anything from anyone but it can score at will. The problem lies that we still got to understand Luca doesn't play defense. And the Dallas Mavericks did trade for Christian Wood. Would he be considered in that package as well? So now – are you going to be able to play defense? That's going to be the question when it comes to Dallas. Well, the problem really with Dallas is they just don't have the picks because yep. the Knicks have their 2023 first round pick that's uh, that's protected from that Porzingis trade. Like they just you assume that the Nets don't just want some, you know, young potential stars in the future, some nice little pieces to get back and and maybe they can work that out with Dallas. Stars are, is overstating it, but they could get some young pieces back, but the picks wouldn't be coming. That's what would be hard because we have seen these super teams that they break up and the picks end up resulting in, you know, the Chase, Jason Tatum's and, and Jalen Brown's of the world. And those teams mm-hmm. end up rebuilding. The picks end up becoming very, very important, of course, to these teams in terms of bouncing back for championships or potential championships down the road. So we assume the Nets want some picks. Dallas is in a tough spot, but definitely the Dallas Mavericks could use more help around Luka. And again, all 29 could use Kevin. Durant, because we are talking about arguably the second best player in the entire look, league. You, look, you, have, you, have, you have to remember, though, Luka is ball dominant too, Amber. You know, right. so it's not like the Golden State Warriors where that ball is going to be swinging this ball movement. Luka's ball dominant. Yeah, but they can I don't, figure that out. They can figure it out, right? I, I, I feel like uh, they'll figure it out if they needed to, but it seems it seems like an unlikely destination. Uh, we will continue to get into potential Kevin Durant landing spots on the show. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys here on KJM. But coming up next, we pivot back to the NFL. What are the Browns going to do with Baker Mayfield? That's next here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys here on KJM. And Harry Baker Mayfield is still officially 
part of the Cleveland Browns. So let's get the latest on that mess and everything NFL. We bring in friend of the show, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider. And Jeremy, let's start with Baker Mayfield. What is the latest with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns? Well, Amber, we have a bit of a lull in the action. The latest is the Carolina Panthers have talked to the Browns at multiple points in the offseason, including a few weeks ago, but couldn't come to an agreement on a trade. Uh, really, the holdup is the money. You heard it in the highlights earlier. It's $18.8 million in guaranteed money. Browns are willing to cover some of that. They're not willing, co- willing to cover enough to entice a team, whether it's Carolina, Seattle, whoever, to step up and make the trade. They want a majority of that money covered. And so, really, the Browns are still... Remaining patient, they could wait this out closer to training camp or even after training camp to see if another team will step up. Maybe a team gets desperate, needs more of a need at the quarterback position, has an injury. Uh, and so, you know, the Browns are trying to stick to their plan here. Nothing new. Perhaps the Deshaun Watson case and the ruling on his suspension could be a, another, you know, a sparking point to more conversations. Now, Jeremy, I have to ask you, when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, if Deshaun Watson isn't able to play this year, uh, do you see them – Uh, Did you see a possibility of Baker Mayfield actually playing a game for the Cleveland Browns this year, or are they better off with just going with Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. Yeah, Harry, I I don't. That is the question that that I've been asked a lot, and I try to – when I talk to people about that, people in the know, the answer is highly unlikely. Um, I think largely that's from Baker Mayfield's side. He just doesn't have an interest in in helping out the Browns after all this. You know, if you make a list of all the problems that they've had – over the last six to eight months together, that list is very long, and I've done it. Um, you know, just some of the uh, passive-aggressive comments from Mayfield about the offense, uh, you know, him feeling like, you know, they didn't have his back, disenchanted with his maturity, going and getting quarterback behind his back. Uh, you know, so the, the whole thing is, is, has been uh, not so smooth, and so I, I just don't see it. But the important part is if they hold on to him, let's say, into training camp, right, and you know Watson's not going to be there for the year, and you know you can't get a good trade deal for Mayfield or can't get a lot of that money covered, you have to pay him anyways, uh, maybe the Browns reach sort of a boiling point where they figure, okay, it's, it's mutually beneficial for him to play for us. It's good for him, and it's good for the Browns. I don't know if he would ever come around to that. It would probably require owner Jimmy Haslam flying to Baker this offseason, talking to him, trying to smooth this out, and I just don't necessarily see that happening. Yeah, uh, that would be wild if it did happen. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here on KJM, Amber Wilson, and Harry Douglas filling in for the guys. Jeremy, you mentioned what might happen here with Deshaun Watson and a potential suspension. We got the conclusion of his disciplinary hearing this past Thursday. Now, it's my understanding that Sue Robinson, the arbitrator, she asked for briefs from both sides. We don't know when she's actually going to make a ruling. What is the latest here on Deshaun Watson? Yeah, so those briefs you mentioned are not due until next week. So let's say she gets them around July 11th. Uh, That seems to be the deadline, uh, the week of July 11th. And then she could take some time to review those. Uh, You know, there's really no precedent for this because this is a new situation under the collective bargaining agreement. The Players Union and the the NFL deciding they needed an independent arbitrator on a case such as this. And so nobody really knows the exact timeline. Uh, You know, they, they have an idea. The league is very hopeful and and expects this to be done before training camp. That's really the only loose expectation uh, right now. And so Robinson will review those documents, and then she'll make a ruling. It could come shortly after. It could come closer to late July. Jeremy, Mr. Wrangler himself, Brett Favre, we heard the news. 
just said that he thinks Devontae Adams is going to struggle without um, Aaron Rodgers. What's your reaction to that news coming from Brett Favre? (laughs) Well, struggle is relative. You know, if he catches, what, 110 passes, 14 touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers, maybe that's down to 98 and 11. Uh, But it's still going to be really, really good, and he's still considered the best receiver in the game right now. Um, You know, the Raiders are in a bit of a different dynamic because they have Darren Waller. they got Hunter Renfro. Both those guys are going to catch a lot of passes just inherently in that offense. I think Josh McDaniels' offense is going to be tight and heavy, so that bodes well for Waller. They're going to get Adams the ball. It's just they have three or four players that they're going to have to feed uh, you know, on a weekly basis where Green Bay, Rodgers, and, and Adams, they had that dynamic where he was just going to get the ball a lot. It was going to be high volume, and they had great chemistry. But Adams and Carr believe that that chemistry will enliven like it was at Fresno State a decade or so ago when they played together. Like, they're good friends. They know each other's timing. You know, this is not a new dance to them. So I think because of that, he's going to put up numbers. So you look at the AFC. We hear um, how tough that's going to be, especially the AFC West, the AFC North. We hear so much buzz about the AFC. But I want to focus on the NFC. When you look at that side of things, Who's the one team that you think that can make a lot of noise and potentially possibly reach a Super Bowl that a lot of people aren't talking about right now in the NFC? Ooh, in the NFC. So if we're, if we're talking sleeper teams, I'll go Minnesota. Ooh. You know, there's not a lot of buzz around them. They're sort of like they're not rebuilding, but they're not blowing it up. You know, they're probably somewhere in the middle. There's still a lot of talent on that team. Um, you know, when you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, you could score on anybody. Offensive line's pretty good. Defense is sort of retooled, but they got some good pieces. Cornerback's really the one big issue for them. So if they're decent there, you know, it seems like the NFC North is wide open. And then you look at Philly. I mean, that roster's really good. We'll see what Jalen Hurst can do with it. Um, but they've built a winner there in Philadelphia. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL insider, joining us here on KJM. Jeremy, a last one from me. What's the latest with Lamar Jackson headed into the final year of his rookie deal? Man, I thought he was going to get an extension a long yeah. time ago, obviously representing himself. What's the latest here? Mm-hmm. Well, I've talked to somebody with the organization who said that the Ravens aren't really sweating this and Lamar Jackson isn't sweating this. They're just going to chip away at it. They're hopeful that it can get done. Um, but it it's, appears that nothing is imminent right now. Probably along the action, similar to Baker Mayfield, because this is a slower time where executives and people around the league are on vacation. Uh, you know, Lamar has been working out. He's spent some time in Los Angeles this summer. So um, they have time. You know, there's not like a hard deadline before training camp or this has to, get, has to get done. In fact, the Ravens, a lot of times for a player going into the last year of his contract, will do a deal in season. They'll wait six weeks, eight weeks. So um, really this is going to be a very fluid situation. And because of the money involved, um, even though it's a priority for the Ravens, it's going to be hard for both spots uh, to come to an agreement, you know, because you have a player who's won an MVP, 37 regular season games in a short amount of time, obviously has to be in that high tax bracket of money, 40-plus million dollars per year for quarterbacks that are, that are the best in the game. Uh, we'll see if the Ravens can, can get to that point. I'm not so sure that they're there yet, and they're prepared to use the franchise tag in 2023. So against all those backdrops and his, you know, his running style, if that's going to create more injury threat down the road, that, that's sort of a factor Baltimore has to weigh you know, with, with the running of the football and how great he is and how he could, could get hurt theoretically. So um, because of all those factors, I, I expect this to take a little more time than just the common NFL negotiation. 
So, Jeremy, before we let you go, I had to ask you about Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to be without Rob Gronkowski. How do you think Tom is going to fare without him, and will he miss Gronk more than we probably think he he will? He might. I mean, this is a guy that you can't really replace. I I know the Bucs thought he was a top-five tight end last year, like at uh, 30, whatever age he was. I mean, you know, going on 10 years in the league, he was still really, really productive. Uh, and so they can't really replace him. They have Cam Brait in-house. He's been there a very long time. You know, they feel like he's an underrated player. He can function in that offense just fine. They probably need another piece. And so they've, they've looked around a free agency. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is a name that I've heard. A little bit of buzz around, you know, that I think Tampa would look into. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, he's a reliable target. I think they'll look for more of a complete tight end who can run block, do a little bit of everything, as opposed to just a vertical threat. Jeremy, what's on the menu today for July 4th? Are you a hamburgers and hot dogs on the grill kind of guy? What do you got going on? <laughs> Happy 4th, by the way. Yeah, we go, we go pretty, pretty, typical, pretty typical Americana, I think, going to a little pool party action today. So There you um, go. Yeah, if, if it's edible, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> Sounds good. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN <laughs> NFL Insider. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. We are taking hey, thanks, your calls on... Thank you so much. We're taking your calls on the call in line. Triple eight seven two nine three seven seven six. Triple eight say ESPN. Kelly is in New Orleans. Kelly, thank you so much for being patient with us. What do you got on Aaron Rodgers? Um, good morning, y'all. How y'all doing? Good morning. We are good. Happy for Um, for one, Jeremy Fowler was wrong about the sleeper team. And unfortunately, I don't really care about Aaron Rodgers because he is not going to be representing the NFC in the championship nor the Super Bowl. It's going to be the New Orleans Saints, famous Jameis, no risk it, no biscuit Winston, is going to throw at least 40 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions. He's got a very good offensive line. The defense is ranked in the top five. They're the only ones that shut down Tom Brady because we don't really care if he's got Gronk or not. We will represent the NFC in the championship game. The only problem that we might suffer is how long Alvin Kamara will be suspended this year. Other than that, we will be the sleeper team. We will be flying under the radar so low, you won't be able to see us until we come right upside and knock you upside the head. Kamara's a question mark for that team. Harry, coaching might be a bit of a question mark as well. And that whole uh, under 10 interceptions that that caller just said for Jameis, that might be a little bit of a question mark (laughs) as well. Although from what we saw from Jameis, a short snippet that we saw at the beginning of last year, it looked pretty good. Well, I will say this. So when I asked Jeremy the question, the New Orleans Saints are, and then being from Atlanta, so I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this. The New Orleans Saints are actually the team that I had in mind when I asked Jeremy that question. When you look at Jameis Winston and, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think James is going to pass for over 4,000 yards and 20, over 25 touchdowns. I think he's going to do that. When you look at a guy like Avram uh, Kamara, when he is going to be out there, he's a guy that not just runs the football, but he does it out of the backfield. You look at their receiving core. They got a young tight end in Adam Troutman, but they, they went up and got Chris Elave. You have, um, um, God, I can't think of his name right now. Jarvis Landry is going to, uh, going to be there. 
Um, what's what's Keyshawn's cousin's name? I can't remember right now. Help me out, Amber. Here, Michael. Uh, Thomas. Michael Thomas. Michael Thank Thomas. you, Pat. Somebody help out. Michael Thomas is going to be coming back at full flesh. They have a Marquez Callaway. They are four or five deep at the wide receiver position, along with a tight end and a running back that can receive the football out of the backfield. So I think Jameis is going to pass for over four thousand yards and twenty five plus touchdowns. And I think the New Orleans Saints is a team that a lot of people better watch out for because defensively they are that good. Now Dennis Allen, he's going to be their head coach. That doesn't mean that he's going to be uh, he's not going to be involved with the defense. Pete Carmichael, the offensive coordinator, was the guy who called plays when um, Sean Payton wasn't there. So it's not like the offense is going to be changing. This is going to be Jameis Winston's third year in this offense. He had a year when he first got there. He sat behind Drew Brees, got to learn. He started out on a good note last year before getting hurt. So I think he is going to surge, and the New Orleans Saints is going to make some noise in the NFC. You better duck and cover uh, in Atlanta for saying but these I, but things. I gotta keep, but Harry I got to keep Douglas. it real. That's the you, thing about you, in this you, business. you got to keep it real, though. Well, that is as objective as it gets uh, for a former Falcons player and somebody who still very much lives in that community. <laughs> I did a lot of show prep for today. Not part of that prep was Keyshawn Johnson's cousins. So next time, I will definitely do better. Coming up next, why college football could be looking more like the NFL, according to Harry Douglas. So USC and UCLA, two of the Pac-12's flagship programs, I would say the flagship programs of the Pac-12. They were notified Thursday night that their application to join the Big Ten was accepted. The schools will begin conference play in 2024. Harry, the landscape of college football looks starkly different uh, just a few months later, right? I mean, Texas and Oklahoma first. Now we've got USC and UCLA. The Big Ten said in a statement that the vote was unanimous when conference presidents and chancellors met on the addition of those two schools on Thursday evening. We are headed towards super conferences, right, Harry? Like, that's where this is going. Yeah, I, I think so. And you, you look at the NFL today, you have an NFC and the AFC, and I think that's what the, the SEC and the Big Ten is going uh, to become eventually. You look at Texas and Oklahoma, they were the first two teams to move out of the Big 12, and now they're going to be joining the SEC soon. And now you see USC, and then you see UCLA joining the Big Ten. Now, when you look at the totality of college football, there's one team in particular in my eyes that's the chess piece, and that's going to be the Notre Dame Fighting Iris. But right now they're independent. Are they going to join the ACC? Are they going to join the Big Ten? I know the Big Ten would love to have them. You Also, you look at teams like Clemson, Miami, Florida State, and the ACC. What's going to happen with those teams? But I think the Big 12 and the Pac-12 missed a perfect opportunity when – the Texas Longhorns and Oklahoma Sooners decided that, you know what, we're going to go to the SEC at some point. I think 2025 is the official time that they can, they can actually uh, move over. Who, who said that it won't get done sooner? Uh, they missed the opportunity to merge together as a conference and make some noise that way. Granted, I mean, it, you don't know if you're going to call it the Big 12 or the Pac-12, or you could probably make up a different name. But I think yeah, they maybe let's on stop putting numbers there. of teams in there because exactly <laughs> it seems pretty obsolete. You're limiting yourself. Like the SEC did it right, just SEC, right? Uh, yep. We didn't limit ourselves to how many teams could be in that conference. This is the direction it's all headed. It, it has everything to do with money, Harry. And sources everything. told ESPN <laughs> that the financial component of this had been discussed for weeks with these two schools potentially joining the Big Ten. But they also said that it wasn't just finances; it's competitiveness. 
business as well. It's the brand balance in college football. And it's kind of the new world that we're living in with these collegiate sports. Now, of course, let's not forget this extends far beyond football, Harry. The Pac-12 put out a statement on Thursday that it was extremely surprised and disappointed by the news of USC and UCLA leaving the conference. I would imagine, Harry, that the Pac-12 thought that they were safe because of how they geographically positioned themselves, right? Like everything west of Denver, you know, is Pac-12 territory, essentially, and the logistics of it. I think they thought, and for decades they were right, it makes no sense for USC or UCLA to fly across the country to be playing Ohio State. You know, like these things just don't make sense logistically. How do you work this out if you're on the other side, you know, you're on plane flights? And when we think about it, we think about it in context of college football. So we're thinking, you know, private charter flights, except for that ain't how it works for all these sports. And it ain't just college ball playing once a week, right? With all these other sports. A lot of these student athletes might be on the other coast for weeks on end now for these other sports because of how many games there are. And you're talking commercial flights and, and dealing with the logistics there. Well, that's one of the things I think they're going to have to figure out. Are, are these, are these teams, especially when you're not talking about football, are they going to fly commercially or are they going to fly private? Because that could become taxing as well as being on the East Coast for, uh, let's say, about two weeks. Or if you're one of those East Coast teams and you got to play a, uh, UCLA and, and, and USC on numerous of occasions, right? You got to stay out there for a few days. It's different from football where you just go out there for, for one or two days and then you go back home. You talk about baseball. You talk about uh, soccer. You talk about basketball. When they have multiple games that they got to play, when you talk about UCLA and USC, on the East Coast and play against those Big Ten teams, not only are they going to be away from home, as we mentioned in our production meeting, they're going to be away from school that long. So mm-hmm. now you got to have more tutoring and whatnot. The Time change may get the best of them as well. So it's a lot of different components that you have to deal with when it comes to this change in 2024 when UCLA and USC move to the Big Ten. But I will say this. Notre Dame is the school that right now everyone is watching because Notre Dame, first of all, Notre Dame has a hell of money within their university. But the money that's on the table uh, from them, if they were to join the Big Ten, would be significant, and I don't see how you would turn it down. It's going to give them something well, to actually turn it down for years, right? Because they like to be able to schedule whomever they want. Mm-hmm. They got that television rights contract, and so much of this comes down to TV rights. It's why this move wasn't actually so difficult for USC and UCLA. It's also why the Pac-12 should have seen it coming. Like they, they said they were blindsided, except for UCLA and USC's grant of rights that's tied to that current Pac-12. TV contract expires after the 2023 football season, after that 23-24 school year. So that's why both schools are able to switch conferences, Mm -hmm. and we're talking 2024 when they start the conference play. They can do that without suffering any financial penalty. It's a very different story with those other teams, say in the ACC that you mentioned, when we start seeing some of these things move around because of the way that these TV contracts work. But here Here, it was a clean way of doing it. And frankly, it's probably why the Pac-12 should have seen it coming. But we also saw the shakeup with Texas and Oklahoma. You mentioned they're going to the SEC. That's a 2025 target because of some of those same reasons. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN's college football senior writer, was on primetime. He was asked, what is going to happen with Notre Dame being involved in this mix as well since they're independent and rely on their own television contract? 
It's going to be so interesting because in talking to some Big Ten sources, uh, you know, shortly after the USC and UCLA news broke, the energy that I was getting, what they were saying wasn't about we're going to go after more Pac-12 schools. The, the school that kept coming up over and over was, was Notre Dame. And, and, you know, again, the Big Ten has tried to add Notre Dame in the past. They tried twice in the 90s and were unsuccessful. You know, this time around, because of the money that they're bringing in, the power of having you know, one of Notre Dame's top rivals, if not the top rival, USC in the conference, in addition to schools like Michigan State, Purdue, and Michigan that Notre Dame's played many times over the years. Uh, you know, it's going to be fascinating. Independence, as you know, is at the core of Notre Dame's identity. They want to remain independent, uh, independent in football. But when you look at the money uh, now and going forward, how hard will that be to maintain? So there's a lot to see in terms of dominoes that may fall. There's a lot of attention on Notre Dame as now we have just such a massive shakeup with four schools across a multitude of conferences changing the landscape of college football. That's really what is happening before our eyes. And I already changed the landscape of college football and college sports. And now this coming up next, some sleeper players who might win NFL MVP. We'll tell you who they are after Harry Douglas has this word from dollar shave club. You ever have a shave so noticeably smooth that people want to touch it. Of course. Like when a frowly pad on the cheek turns into a full on cheek rub. It's kind of shade that Dollar Shave Club Six Blade Razor can get you. The Dollar Shave Six Club, uh, excuse me, the Dollar Shave Club Six Blade Razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. The Dollar Shave Club Six Blade Razor is here to get that chin notice, and it comes at a fair price. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For real or not real, we're going to do a sleeper candidates version of this for NFL MVP. And for help with this segment, we bring in our producer, Pat, Pat Castello. Pat, what is up? What's up? So real or not real sleeper candidates for MVP, Derek Carr. Harry, let's start with you. 
I think this is actually real. You look at the the, the addition to Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau. Uh, you look in the backfield, you got a Josh Jacobs, a Kenyon Drake, uh, a Bolden, uh, Zamir Wright that they drafted out of UGA. I think this offense could put up big numbers. I think a lot of people don't give Derek Carr the credit for controlling things at the line of scrimmage and getting the offense into the right play the last few years. You have a guy, Josh McDaniels, coming in. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. And you look at their schedule. Uh, especially in the AFC West, but the teams that they play outside of the AFC West, I think it's enough great opponents to, to, to catch the eyes of a lot of people in the NFL and NFL watchers this year. I will say real when we're talking about sleeper candidates, right? Because Derek Carr does get a huge upgrade with his college bestie in Devontae Adams. He's coming off of a career year in terms of passing yards, over 4,800 passing yards. He did lead the Raiders to just their second playoff appearance in you know, two decades, basically. Uh, impressive stuff in such a tumultuous season. And he is the leader of that team. We know how much he meant to that team last season. We discussed it earlier in the show. If you missed any of that, you can always check out the uh, ESPN app to hear the podcast. But Derek Carr is a player who I do think in his early 30s still could take another step up. He's an undervalued player in the NFL. So in terms of sleeper candidates, fine. I could see it with Devontae Adams now pass catching for him. Pat? <sighs> Former Falcons wide receiver Harry Douglas, sleeper candidate for MVP. <laughs> Matt Ryan, real or not real, that he could win it? No, I don't. I don't Great. think this Amber, is real. Uh, real or not real, Matt Ryan could win <laughs> MVP. Oh, just giving over Harry. I will get back to you in a second, Harry. I mean, the problem with Matt Ryan, I would be able to see this if Matt Ryan was a little bit younger, right? I, I just at thirty-seven years old. Now I say that. And how old's the guy who's the reigning MVP, back-to-back MVP? So you know what? In real time, Pat, I am talking myself into this in terms of sleeper candidates. I'm going to say real. Four-time pro baller. He has pro bowler. He has plenty of gas left in that tank, even at 37 years old. Better team? Sure. Fine. Real. Harry Douglas? I'm going to go not play. I'm going to go not real, and it's not because of Matt Ryan. I'm looking at his arsenal when you talk about the receivers. Um, you have Michael Pittman Jr. You have Alec Pierce that they drafted. Paris Campbell, he hasn't been the healthiest guy. Uh, the tight end position, they drafted Jelani Woods. He's going to have to be up to speed. But the offense goes through Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is the guy that they're going to force feed the ball to. So I just don't see Matt Ryan putting up the numbers because of Jonathan Taylor and what they're going to do and have him be the centerpiece of the offense. So that's why I got it as not real. Let's write that down that Harry Douglas said that about his former quarterback. Uh, about too. his boy, man. <laughs> yeah, but I, the first thing Ruff. I said is that it's not because of Matt Ryan's play. It's because who the offense goes through, and that's mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. Taylor, do you guys watch NFL football throughout the Slice season? Slice that bite, Pat, to, to take out that, that yeah. other part. No, we'll, yeah. we'll get that right. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, <laughs> Harry, we'll start with you. Uh, real or not real could win MVP as a sleeper candidate. Yeah, I don't think it's real at all. Uh, for Tua Tungavailoa, he needs to make sure he's the damn quarterback in 2023 for the Miami Dolphins because everything that they have done around him. Uh, with Tua, he just has to be able to deliver the football, accuracy, give these guys, these receivers who we know have can, can get yards yards after the catch uh, opportunity to, to to actually do that so I don't think this is real Tua he just has to not lose his job and not be a disappointment this year 
I'm a Dolphins fan, Pat. I want this to be real, uh, but I'm going to say not real. I think Tua just needs to take a step and a significant step. He doesn't need to win NFL MVP this season, but he needs to take a step because of how improved that team is. I mean, he's got Tyreek Hill now catching footballs from him. He already had Jalen Waddle, and it looked great last season catching footballs from him. We're going to need to see more from him in terms of not just accuracy, like everybody says. Let's get a little arm strength in there as well, Tua, but we've got the protection now with Armstead. That line should be much improved. He's got the help in the backfield with Chase Edmonds and, and Raheem Mostert and, and Sony Michelle. So now he is on an incredibly improved offense. He's got a young, fun, innovative coach now at the helm that is offensive minded to us kind of out of excuses. I agree with Harry. This is the make it or break it year. The the Miami Dolphins have multiple first round picks in 23 to correct the Tua problem. If in fact they need to correct the Tua problem, but I expect him to take a leap. I just don't think that leap as much as I want it to be is going to be all the way up to NFL MVP. Chase Edmonds, great forwarder, man. Uh, Amber, you said that you're a, a fan of the Dolphins. I'm a fan of the Eagles, so both of you tread lightly with this one. Jalen Hurts, <laughs> real or not real for a sleeper MVP candidate? Are you starting with me? Because I'm also going not real on Jalen Okay, Hurts. Harry, <laughs> real or not real? I like <laughs> I'm going not real, I think, for okay, Jalen Hurts. We, we can keep moving on. Aaron Donald, sleeper MVP candidate, real or not real? I'm going to go real. You look at a guy who impacted the game. Uh, when it came down to the Super Bowl, when they needed a guy to make the play the most, it was Aaron Donald. In the NFC Championship game, when they needed a guy to make the play the most, it was Aaron Donald. We're talking about a guy who arguably could be the best defensive lineman that ever played the game. So I'm going to go real because he gets double teamed and he still makes these plays. So real for me. I'm going to go not real, but not because Aaron Donald – might not deserve NFL MVP just because I don't believe that they're going to give it to that position. And, and that's a shame. That's a knock on the NFL. That's not in the voters. That's not a knock here on Aaron Donald. I think that his greatness, he's that special of a player that a, if a defensive player was going to get it, it could be him. He's that special. I, I just don't see it, man. We know it's going to end up going to one of these quarterbacks. Most likely it's just the nature of the game, Pat. All right, last one, Harry's other former team, uh, Derrick Henry. Real or not real that he could win MVP? I think this is real. Derrick Henry had over 900 yards in eight games last year, over 10 touchdowns. So this is really, really real. Uh, you look at the year before last, he had over 2,000 yards rushing the football. We see what Derrick Henry means to this offense. Let's just go back to the NFC, uh, uh, excuse me, the AFC playoffs when Tennessee, the Tennessee Titans had the number one seed and we seen Ryan Tannehill lose the game by himself. Derrick Henry's coming off an injury. He's going to be on a vengeance tour and I think he's going to be able to win MVP. I'll go real for Derrick Henry, not because I necessarily think that the Titans are going to be so fantastic, but because they're going to need Derrick Henry so much. He's going to be a workhorse at that position, already been brilliant at that position, but with losing A.J. Brown and everybody else they lost on that team, Ryan Tannehill is going to need the help. Coming up next, Kevin Durant's going to be helping somebody. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.